Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In retrospect, I probably used the, first, the title song too many times, but uh, I, I fell in love with it. Hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Live Through That. Last week, we had Jim Podraski from the Rave Ups on the podcast, where he talked about the fact that his band songs never made it onto the soundtrack to Pretty in Pink, even though the two songs featured prominently in the film. I had reached out to the director of the movie, Howard Deutsch, to see if he had any insight into the omission. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back and have a listen to hear that whole story. I had a great conversation with Howard, and I wanted to share some other parts of our conversation with you. This episode is a little different from our usual format, but I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you'll like this bonus episode. The soundtrack to Pretty in Pink is one of the great soundtracks of the 80s, with songs from the Psychedelic Furs, In Excess, Suzanne Vega, and others. It seems fitting to start with what was Howard's favorite musical moment from the film. Yeah, I love the New Order Elegia music uh, moments uh, when Andrew McCarthy has to confess or when Molly Ringwald confronts uh, Andrew in the hallway. Um, but the thing about the thing about Elegia is I it was why I remember it so well is it, I remember um, I was shooting and John who uh, was a huge New Order fan uh, and was getting access to the their music before anyone in the United States, because he had uh, a, a, a connection in England, sending him stuff. And then he played it for me. He had seen a cut of the scene and he played it for me up against the scene. And I said, how do I feel about it? And I just, you know, I thought it was amazing because it's acted as score, even though it was source, even though, you know, it was not composed for the movie. It just felt like it elevated the scene emotionally and had tension and originality to it. Howard's initial instinct was to utilize the score written by Michael Gore as the bulk of the movie soundtrack. The fact that this song from New Order is one of his favorite moments definitely fits into that format. So how did it come around? Well, it's funny. Initially, at our first test screening, uh, you know, a lot of it was about the music because I said I wanted to start the movie with the composition that Michael Gore theme, uh, the love theme. And uh, John wanted to start with Pretty in Pink by the Furs. And um, 
so Ned Tan and I had a parent who said, well, let's just have a bake-off. We'll run it both ways and see which feels like it works the best with the audience. And John was right. And uh, we went with Pretty in Pink. In retrospect, I probably used the first, the title song too many times, but uh, I, I fell in love with it. And it was a remix that John had done because the original is much more raw. Pretty in Pink was Howard's directorial debut, obviously a pivotal moment in his career. So how did he become the director? I had been making music videos and John, uh, I had a company that also made movie trailers and we made the trailer for uh, John 16 Candles and we met and liked each other. And he then made, he needed a music video. So I did the music video directed for uh, 16 Candles and I didn't use any film footage. I just, you know, shot my own stuff so that it looked like, hey, I could direct. And um, in fact, they liked it. And Ned Tannen uh, from Paramount also liked it. And then John, we had also done the trailer for Breakfast Club. And so he, he had, he was looking for somebody to, for him to start to produce. And he had this script and he sent me two scripts. He, he gave me the opportunity to do either Pretty in Pink or another script called The New Kid. And I, I said, I love Pretty in Pink. And that's how it started. Um, I was a fan, a huge fan of his writing. And um, I loved Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles. And I did like the script. Not that I knew anything. I just knew it made me, moved me, made me cry and laugh. And that's the kind of stuff, that's the fundamental basics that, I've learned you should listen to. I didn't, I was just lucky that I, you know, um, trusted my instinct. And, um, and so it was a huge break. One of the most memorable moments in the film is when John Cryer's character, Ducky, lip syncs to Otis Redding's classic, Try a Little Tenderness. It could have been a lot different though. Uh, John Cryer, for instance, was lobbying to do Start Me Up, the Long Stone song. Um, but what happened is in the script, there was an indication that he came into the record store and there was some music playing. And um, I had been doing music videos. So it occurred to me like there was an opportunity for a more of a moment to be made. And so I pitched it and John liked it. And we carved out some time in the day to just do it. And I got Kenny Ortega, who I had worked with, with in music videos and a Billy Joel video to do the choreography. And, um, you know, it worked. Annie Potts is the movie's secret weapon, and, dare I say it, I think maybe she should have earned an Oscar nomination for this role at the very least. And that was the first scene we shot. Annie Potts in, in the window of the record store. It was the very first scene we shot. And she improv applause, applause, applause. You know, she started to clap looking at her handiwork in the window. And I, I just, I worked with her recently and I reminded her that um, she's amazing and just such an underrated talent. You know, she's just a genius, frankly, and she could do anything. So I was really lucky to have her on board. And I remembered seeing her in a movie we'd done the trailer for called Corvette Summer. And that's when I pitched her to, to John and he then, you know, agreed. And that's how she got the part. One of the great things about John Hughes' movies is the way he creates characters that every high schooler could relate to. The brain, the athlete, the basket case, the princess, the criminal. 
In my head, I always had the Ducky character pegged as the kid in the closet acting how he thinks a heterosexual teen boy should be acting. I may have a little experience with that. Anyway, I was interested in hearing Howard's take on that. Yeah, no, I don't agree with that. I've heard it many, many, many times. But I think John chose to play that character, you know, with those values. And that's why a movie worked. You know, he was, uh, you know, life didn't work for him without Molly, you know, as a, as a character and um, without Andy. And he was, you know, remember the scene, there was a great scene John wrote where he said, uh, I, I can't be, I can't, what was the line? I can't, I can't, I live for you and I can't live for you anymore or something to that effect, you know. Um, you know, he, he everything about his choices, as far as I was concerned, were, were uh, uh, a gift. And so, no, I don't. And 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 if he was people who say if that if that's how they feel, that's OK. It doesn't uh, you know, uh, it doesn't make the movie not work. But I don't feel that way. Thank you so much to director Howard Deutsch for taking the time to talk with me. It was a real honor. Right now, he's working on getting a new film off the ground called Lucy Boomer with Shirley MacLaine, so be on the lookout for that. And a friendly reminder that you can still buy my book, Live Through That, on 90s Artists and get 15% off using the promo code PODCAST15 by ordering at the link on the podcast page. In addition, my earlier book, 80s Redux, is available wherever you buy your books. And if you like this show, please subscribe so you'll know when the latest episode comes out. You can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Mike Hipple Photo, all one word. Thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.